Welcome, welcome one and all. It's absolutely gorgeous to be here in person with you. Um, as you know, I'm up at Bridge Horwich and have been there since September. So being able to be with you and see your gorgeous faces is lovely. But I bring special love and prayers and support from our Horwich Church family. And even though I've not been there that long, technically, they've given me an incredible warm welcome. And um, thank you so much to all our, our Horwich family for doing that. I just really appreciate that. They are wonderful. And if any of you want to carry on following that, you can follow Follow us on at Bridge Horwich on Facebook just to keep up with what's going on. And obviously, Cookie said a lot about, about that last week as well. You all look so lovely. <laughs> it is. I've missed you. It's like really gorgeous, isn't it, to be able to just be together as church family. Yeah. Do you know, let's not take that for granted, church. Do you know, in a, in a time when we are so blessed for the freedom we have to come together to be able to freely come to worship. Nothing to hinder us to come together and stand and praise our wonderful Jesus. And yeah, it feels that, especially over these last few years, this has been more of a battle than ever to actually come out, be in that routine, just blessing one another, supporting one another. And, um, you know, just even when we're thinking about that longevity of service, and as I'm looking around, you youthful lot, some of you have been doing this for a long time, for decades. And I just want to say a huge thank you for all our volunteers and people that continue to serve in this place. You are such a blessing. So, the Queen! 70 years today on the throne. I think she deserves a round of applause. Come on, Queenie. Come on. Do you know, whatever you think of monarchy or the, the style of, of that structure, you cannot stop but stand back and look at her longevity of service, her faithfulness, her way to keep going again. Go again. What's that all about? Keep going. Keep going. Just keep going. You know, the Queen is an incredible example of just so faithful a service. And even that letter that she, she released yesterday, it just says, In your service, I have pledged my life to be in your service. And as she signed it off, she put, Your servant, Elizabeth R. What a challenge. 70 years for this 95-year-old lady who is just continuing to say, this is my God-given role to serve my country. That long and still in your service. It makes me feel such a wishy-washy glass of water because I want to resign practically every day and just go, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. I just want a nice holiday home somewhere. I want to go and look after myself and relax. And then you see her at, at her age, 70 years on, keep going, keep going. Wow, we've got a lot to learn from that, haven't we? So a huge thank you to all those, particularly, you know, for the community teams that I work closely with, um, that just year after year are just serving both on Wednesdays up in Horwich and Thursdays here, and just so many things that are going on constantly throughout the week with all our, our different wonderful ways that we can just serve our communities and serve each other. You know, just, um, just huge amounts of, of, of respect 
for each one of you. I just really thank each one of you. Um, you see, that's what the bridge is all about, isn't it? Connecting people. You know, the very name, the bridge, is, is uh, when it was first changed to that from Barton Pentecostal Church, it was about connecting people, being that bridge to connect people to each other, to connect people to God. Church, we're not about just the building, are we? We are the church. And wherever it is that God has put us, that challenge, that constant longevity and faithfulness in us is about that challenge of connection. So if it's all right, I'm just going to spend just a few minutes about some of the things that I found really challenging. Um, Probably particularly in January, funnily enough, but like just generally over the last few years, I just keep getting drawn back to this chapter in Matthew 19. So if you want to turn to that, we're just going to look at this for a few verses. So I trust that this may help you. And if it doesn't, I'm sorry about that, but (laughs) this is my story anyway. So, um, you know, let's trust that God will just take these simple words and just do something that will help each one of us. So it says, the little children and Jesus, this is verse 13. And people brought little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples rebuked him. But Jesus said, let the little children come to me. Don't hinder them. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. And it says in in Mark how he opened his arms and drew the children to him and he blessed them. We had our first dedication at Horwich last week as part of our vision service. We had a wonderful family in that we were dedicating their their child. And it was a beautiful celebration. But as part of that, we actually took time and we just dedicated each of our families. We just prayed together. We just said, come on, as we go again, let us just dedicate ourselves again in his service. Do you know our lovely queen, in his service. And we are royalty, aren't we? We are our very ultimate father God has put on us royal robes that we definitely do not deserve. But we are here in his service. And while we were having this dedication, I just love that incredible picture and image of Jesus saying, don't let these little children be stopped from coming to me. And, you know, often we think of Jesus as meek and mild, and he was there, like, on his knees with his arms open, and and what a gentle picture that is. But actually, it really challenges me that that was probably the opposite of what was going on culturally at the time. The disciples weren't being mean, trying to keep the children away. It was just culturally not done that men, and particularly a rabbi and a teacher and an important bloke like Jesus was, who would be mithered with little children. No, no, don't bother him because he is a very important man. And Jesus looked and he sees sometimes the times when we feel the most unimportant or the most pushed to the edge. And he sits there with his arms open wide and he says, nothing can stop you coming to the love of Christ. Nothing. His arms of blessing. There's no safer place 
And it's that wonderful picture in this world where we do feel everything goes a bit awry and what on earth and we have the stormy weather and our stormy lives. And yet there's this beautiful imagery of Jesus with his arms open saying, this is a safe place. See, it was great at breaking boundaries. It was break at shake, shaking up all the things that were going on around. And we see throughout the Gospels, these wonderful encounters that he had with individual people where he met them in their circumstances. I love that story about that woman with the issue of blood in Luke. And 12 years, this woman had been an outcast. She was unclean. She couldn't come anywhere near all the ceremonial things. Nobody would want to touch her because then they would become unclean and they'd have to go through all the process of purifying themselves again. And she just knew if she could just touch the hem of his garment, which was really brave, what a rebel. She wasn't even allowed to be near people, never alone touch, because she would then defile him. And yet, as she touched him and just by faith said, oh God, if I could just touch the very hem of your garment, I know that you'll heal me. I know that it will be okay. We know from other manuscripts she'd already spent every penny she had on doctors and other alternative ways of, of being healed. And she just needed a touch from Jesus. And rather than that, that again, that protection around him of just trying to get him through the crowds, and yet he knew straight away. And rather than being that, oh, I'm defiled now, I'm going to have to go and cleanse myself, I've got to go and, and go through all the, the ceremonial cleaning to get myself right again, which was, sounds harsh, but that was the culture of the time, that to be in any public presence, never mind in the temple, never mind coming to that holy of holies where God would reign and his presence would be. And yet rather than how inconvenient would that be, he turned to her and with an intimacy just said, daughter, daughter, your faith has healed you. Daughter. There's an intimacy in that. When we see Jesus sat with prostitutes, tax collectors, sinners, shaking up what was seen as acceptable, there's a challenge, isn't there? Because I've got to be honest, if I was there, I'd be really challenged. But what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> I'd be getting it all mixed up in my head and like trying to work it out. And Jesus just looked at her and went, daughter. And there was that intimacy, your faith has healed you. What an incredible God that sees the individual. Each one of us in this room will have our own worries, our own issues, our own things that we are carrying. Jesus sees you right now. Son, daughter, my child. How incredible, personable is Jesus. No safer place than in his arms. There is no safer place. And this chapter continues to run and it talks about the rich young man. And he came to him and he said, teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? And he said, why do you ask me about what's good? There's only one who's good. If you want to enter 
this life, keep the commandments. Which ones? He said. And Jesus said, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony. Honour your father and mother, love your neighbour as yourself. Well, I've kept all these, the young man said. What do I still lack? And Jesus answered and he said, if you want to be perfect, go, sell your possessions, give to the poor. You will have treasure in heaven and then come and follow me. And then the young man heard this and he went away sad because he had great wealth. And Jesus said to his disciples, truly, I tell you, it's hard for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. And when the disciples heard this, they said, and were greatly astonished and asked, well, who then can be saved? And Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And Peter answered him, we've left everything to follow you. What then will there be for us? And Jesus said, there'll truly be a renewal of things. But the first will be last and the last will be first. So this chapter seems self-explanatory, doesn't it? Rich young man treasures his wealth more than Jesus. And we've, we've heard that loads. But, but I've actually been challenged over and over again with this chapter um, in, a, in a, quite a different way about what my wealth is. Um, you know, there are different things out there in different times and seasons when we struggle with letting go of things or really being able to sacrifice particular areas of our lives and things to, to God and to, to serve in him, but just in, in love of him. But actually, what has really been challenging me this is I've been really reminded of when I first became a Christian and I came to this church, which was a little side street back then, and I didn't know anybody. I didn't know none of my family were um, in church or Christians at the time, so I was what they call a first-generation Christian. Hey, anyone else out there that's a first-generation Christian? Come on. You know, for those of us that weren't particularly brought up in that faith but had an incredible encounter with God and then just thought, wow, this is amazing. Why has nobody told me about this before? This incredible Jesus. And I remember coming and just thinking, like, everybody knows each other. They're all sorted. Half of them are all married to each other pretty much like today (laughs) and you sort of can sit there on the side looking in and thinking this is this is I, I, I want this family feel but I'm really on the fringe and on the edge 30 odd years later I have a wealth of family here I'm married a wonderful guy we have our children have been brought up in church we have wonderful friends my mum and dad are Christians and love Jesus and the difference in those decades is incredible but actually God really challenged me again the wealth that I have in this place my friendships my support groups and often 
This verse is so challenging where Peter, who I adore because he is just so normal and he reminds myself of me so much, is always like one extreme to the other. Passionate, getting it wrong loads of the times, but absolutely trying. <laughs> but he just goes for it, doesn't it? And he's it and he says, he says to Jesus, we've left everything to follow you. What's in it for me? What's in it for me? And I'm sure none of you have ever done this, but sometimes I'm really tired and I'm like going, God, this is hard. Why would I keep serving you? What is in it for me? I've left everything. I've done everything. I just want a nice holiday home where I could go away. <laughs> Nobody else, just me. And this verse is so challenging because Peter just says, we've left everything. We've done everything. What's in it for me? And quite a few of you, we've all been together for a long time on this incredible journey. And I am so grateful for friendships and family. But I have felt so challenged that how do I forget those that are on the fringe, that are on the margins, that are on the edges? Because sometimes I just want to brew with my own mates. And it reminded me, again, having our lovely Laura and Tona here who have been amazing, by the way, before Christmas, they came and served in all kinds of wacky and wonderful things with us in Horwich. And uh, I have to say, including sticking a mic in front of Tony's face and saying, he's just going to sing, we wish you a Merry Christmas now. <laughs> and he was like, am I? <laughs> so thank you for being up for everything, guys. You were absolutely fantastic. It's been wonderful. But in the midst of all this, when we are literally like just saying, God, what's in it for me? And I just really was reminded of um, our gorgeous Laura here, who, for those of you that know her, will love her and adore her because she just is such a gentle and loving soul. And when I'd been youth pastor and I'd just I'd finished, I think we'd handed over, I'd had my presentation on the Sunday and then I actually gave birth to my first child on the Monday. So who said that you had Matt leave in those days? And, um, and it was literally like they were going to do like a, a thank you thing for me at youth. And this was literally only about a month later. I had lost my confidence I was so scared to go back into that place, a place I loved, a place that I'd served, a place that I'd, I'd run most of the stuff for, for years. And I literally was fearing, trembling at the back door, just thinking, oh, I just felt overwhelmed with a lack of confidence and insecurities. And lovely Lara, who I always call a lovely Lara, so I mean, she would have only been a teenager at the time and she just came up and she took my hand and she went, I've got a seat for you next to me. And she literally took and had a seat and I just felt that release of peace upon me to know somebody was looking after me. It was all right. Most people would have thought, oh, she's dead confident. But we all know we all wrestle with our insecurities, our worries, our fears, our challenges. Church, the big challenge to me in this, it wasn't so much about the literal wealth. It is the challenge of where we are so wealthy, where we have an abundance of family and friends around us. Jesus made that point of always looking out for the one on the margins, 
all was saying, opening his arms and saying, I'm a safe place of blessing. And we are now his hands and his feet. And we are that challenge that we carry. That at times when we literally cry out, and often for good reasons, and we've got to look after each other and give each other time to rest and build each other up and have people to say, no, you got, I'm going to do this now for, for a while. And we hand over things and we, we have that where we support each other and look because that is what family does. But church, in the midst of this... When I want to cry out and say, oh God, what's in it for me? The very challenge is then to remember, yeah, but those on the margins that don't yet know that safe place, that don't know that, that acceptance. When Jesus knew all about rejection, he knew all about needing to break boundaries. He knew all about just reaching out and having his hands to bless Oh, what a challenge. What a challenge. Because in our culture, we get so comfy. We don't have any effort other than battling the weather to get here. We don't have any effort where we can think, oh, you know, once I'm retired and I'm all da-da-da-da. Loads of countries are never going to be able to stop working and ever stop retiring and thinking about the lovely holiday home where we can go and do it. And this is a personal challenge for me. Take and leave whatever it is that's, that's relevant for you in your lives. But that continued longevity of faithfulness to say, oh, God, in your service... God, break our hearts again to see people how you see them. God, we don't get a lot of it. We don't get the challenges. We don't understand a lot. God, give us cultural intelligence. We need all these different things. But God, in the midst of it, God, break our hearts for those that are on the margins, those that are on the edges, those that even in church are on the edges and margins and think that everybody else is sorted and you've got it all right. It's only when you've been here five minutes that you realise, ah, we're all just broken. <laughs> we are all just broken and we love Jesus because he first loved us. If the band could just come back up. It sounds very flippant when we say go again, doesn't it? And, and often things don't work out quite how we'd expected it to. Even like when we look at our community work and the things that have been going on, and I'm just so passionate and love the incredible ministries that are running from this place. And thank you for, for those that serve in Job Club, getting people back into work, to our knit and natters and our craft things that just help people creatively come together. Our English classes, Rise Dance that are going to bless you next week as well with a dance. Our wonderful lunch club with Oasis under Sue Banks that's just gorgeous. We we host so many support groups as well in this place and work alongside our local council to just help people connect, to be that bridge of connection, to connect to each other and to connect to God. So one of the things that I'd been really struggling with was, was with Shine, because you know we've been going on the estate for nearly 20 years and with COVID and everything stopping, it'd been really hard to, to get, we couldn't get the bus out, we couldn't do all this. So we've done lots of individual visits, lots of keeping in touch with families, delivering things, that kind of stuff. But what has been an incredible move, and I want us to really pray into this, 
and this is really exciting, is that even though physically we couldn't see a lot of the upfront stuff that we could come and tell you we were doing, there's been lots of prayer walking and, and working together with other churches. And this month, we are launching New Life Breakmit. And this is a local church that is under the Antioch Network. Won't have our name on it. It's going to be um, Anglican Run with Ben and Amy Woodfield. And we have been working with them and supporting them. And what we have been crying out for is a church on the estate where we've been working for all these decades. So our wonderful Barry Woodward is going to go and do the launch of that. And... Next Saturday, we're going to work alongside other church in the area, and we're going to be going delivering the flyers and the leaflets as part of our mission weekend next weekend. So for those of you that are available on the Saturday, we've got 10 a.m. in Breitmit, we've got 10 a.m. in Horwich, and we've got 1 p.m. here at the Hoff, where we are going to serve our local communities, where we are going to clear up areas, where we're going to pray into areas, where we're going to litter pit, where we're going to talk to families, where we're going to expect divine appointments. And on that estate, we are going to serve and bless this multi-church church plant that over all these years and decades, this church can look and be exactly like, like it should do on the estate. It's going to be in the pub, Again, it's going to be a challenge for, for people, but actually it's perfect because that's exactly where we'll be great to gather. It's a central place. So um, any, if you want any more details of that, I'm more than happy to, to speak to you about that later. But let us just really be praying into that and for all the work that is going on there. Because it's a similar thing to Oldham's church, if you know that. It's literally central to the community. So it might have looked different than I'd expected it to look over this last few years. It might not have been the bus going out and doing the things we could do, but God has been working and moving and bringing Christians together. Church, wherever you are, you are his hands and his feet. And we're going to watch a, a video shortly where Nass is going to explain more about what's coming up next weekend. But for now, I want us to stand and as the band are going to sing, God of Revival, I want us to bring your own challenges again, because it's all right to feel tired and weary. It's been, it's been a hard few years, hasn't it? It's been a hard slog. And a lot of the time, we just kind of don't know things hit us left field and, and stuff that's going on in our personal life. And we can say, God, what is in it for me? What is in it for me? And it's actually a healthy question to ask. It's not a bad thing to ask. But in the midst of it all, let us just again be reminded and refreshed with the wealth that God has blessed us with, with all that has been poured upon us, with the incredible legacy that God has given us. God, break our hearts again for what breaks yours. God, I pray, Father, that you will just give us that energy, not to try and stir up strength that we feel we haven't got, but to be in that place of rest, to be able to just reach out a hand and say, I've got a seat for you. Come to my life group. Let me welcome you. Let me be your hands and feet to be able to reach out you're not on the margins. You're not alone. You are now in God's family. In Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>